today we're going to be talking about UFC 259 that happened last weekend. And oh my, we've got a lot of talking points, haven't we, Oscar? Yes, we do. This was an insane card. First of all, it was a 15-fight card, so you knew something was going to go down that night, and it certainly did. Let's get right into it. Yep, yeah, as, as Oscar said there, we've got 15 fights to go through, but we ain't going to go through all of them, otherwise we'll keep you here all day long. But we're going to start at the top of the bill. Jan Blachowicz defeats Israel Adesanya in a five-fight you know, kickboxing contest. A very technical fight. How did, how did you see the fight? Yeah, I told you guys this was going to go to the judges, and it did. I picked the wrong person, but I expected Jan Blachowicz to not to not be able to get those takedowns over and over again. We've seen Adesanya have good takedown defense against Derek Brunson. So I didn't think Blahovich's wrestling was up to par, but it was. A lot of people were talking about the commentary in this. I honestly didn't pay that much attention to it. I personally thought that Jan Blahovich definitely won that fight through and through. Um, did you think that the commentary was biased? Uh, listening to the commentary, yeah, I thought a little bit they were maybe trying to. I don't know. It felt that all they were talking about was Adesanya. I felt like um they were talking about his feints and how uh Blahovic was like biting on them, but Blahovic was countering Adesanya. It, it really didn't make any sense. But you know, Blahovic won that, and I thought he won it fair and square. I think I had rounds. I think it was two, four, and five. I think maybe, or it might have been the first one. But actually, no, Adesanya won the first one. And the second one, I've got Blahovic and number four and number five. But yeah, Blahovic showed his versatility in this fight and showed how good he is. Uh, you know, he kickboxed the kickboxer. He outstruck Adesanya. And that's crazy to think about. A former glory kickboxer, a former kickboxing world champion, multiple time. Blahovic stood with him, struck with him, and got the better of him on the feet. It's insane. Blahovic has been underestimated far too many times. And I will not make that mistake ever again unless he goes up and fights John Jones because this man has proved me wrong several times. I thought he would lose to Jaco Rezosa, Corey Anderson, and Luke Rockhold, but he put some of those guys away. So I'll never underestimate the great Polish power, which I do think that won in this fight. Even though he didn't land the big bomb, Adesanya was very hesitant because of the threat of the Polish power. Exactly, 100%. And uh, when Bohovitz got that takedown and Adesanya was on his back, I'm not sure about you, but he kind of looked like a sitting duck. Uh, Adesanya just didn't know what to do when he when he was on his back. Yeah, a lot of people ignored the fact that Adesanya was coming in underweight for this fight. They were just assuming that he was he was not like other guys. He was better than other guys. But we learned that Adesanya is human. He's beatable. And he's definitely vulnerable on the ground. If he gets taken down and you've got somebody like Jack Hermanson on top, he's going to be in trouble. I can guarantee it. But uh, Jan Blachowicz played it safe and he didn't really chase a submission. But I, mm -hmm. I can guarantee that if that was John Jones on top, we would probably see a finish. And that's why Dana White has now decided that that fight is no longer in the best interest of anybody. Yeah, exactly, 100%. As you said there, if Jack Hermanson gets on top of Izzy, that's a bad, bad night at the office for uh, Izzy. But yeah, when he was on the back, I, I just felt like he looked like a sitting duck. And uh, Blahovic, you know, passes guard beautifully. And at the end, at the, at the end, if that maybe that round was 10 seconds, 15 seconds more, who knows what could happen? Yeah, I think Jan Blahovic just came in with a smart game plan. I thought if he would win a decision. It would be because he was going to out-muscle Adesanya, but he really played it safe, and you have to respect it, and he's fighting Glover Teixeira next, and that's not an easy fight either because I actually think Glover Teixeira has better wrestling and better jiu-jitsu, so that's a fun matchup. We'll probably see that six months down the line. Yeah, and Glover could take a shot. We've seen it against Santos. We've seen it against Glover. Um, no, not Glover. I still get Smith. I mean, he can take a real good shot, and his his um, his recovery as well for such an old 
veteran fighter Glover can really recover really quick and uh it's you know it's ex so extraordinary uh for someone who is how a durable and veteran as he is such in the game he's been in the game for a, such a long time and he's been able to you know get hurt and you know recover real quick but yeah let's talk about recovering and uh in the co-main event that didn't happen for me megan anderson um let's talk about this fight amanda nunez went in there and just completely showed there's levels to this game. And anyone at 145 pound, no one beats Amanda Nunes. It, it doesn't happen in my world. What about you? Nobody will. There's two. Uh, there's two women in that feather division booked for a fight, but both women don't stand a chance. We al we already saw Felicia Spencer get completely dominated, and Danielle Wolf is one and zero. You heard that right, one and zero. So I don't think anybody will present a real danger to Manny Nunes at 145 pounds or 135 pounds, for a matter of fact, because she, she just levels above everybody. Her greatest challenge over and over has been Valentina Shevchenko, and that's the only fight that will be really competitive in my eyes. And Megan Anderson did not offer any of the tools uh, physically or mentally to put away Amanda Nunes. She had power, but that was about it. We saw that on the ground, she could easily be disposed of. And that's what Amanda Nunes did. She got a reverse triangle. I don't even think I've ever seen that in a in a women's fight, nonetheless a title fight. So that was just an, a statement made by Amanda Nunes, and she got it done in about two minutes. That's about as impressive as it gets. Do you think Megan Anderson will ever work her way back up and fight Amanda Nunes? Or this division eventually going to be doomed if uh, Kayla Harris or Clarissa Shields doesn't uh, find a home in it. Yeah, exactly. If Clar uh, Clarissa Shields or maybe Kayla Harris, you know, doesn't get in that 145 pound division, we saw Kayla Harris in her last fight in Victor. She fought 145 pounds, I think so, if I'm correct. Uh, yes, but yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. Uh, so if she comes over to the UFC, that would be interesting to see. Uh, she's 8-0 as a professional. She's scheduled to fight recently. Uh, what we just got announced today, that she's fighting a PFL 3. Uh, and in I just wrote an article about it. Uh, May 9th, I want to say, maybe. Uh, but, yeah, she's scheduled to fight May 9th or in May. Uh, and, yeah, so she's 8-0, fighting a veteran. But, you know, if she comes over to the UFC, that'll be interesting to see because it'll actually kind of give uh, Amanda Nunes a new challenge. Uh, um, um, maybe a fighter that can really kind of challenge Amanda Nunes because they're two-time Olympic um, Olympic wrestler and uh, or is it judo maybe? Uh, I don't really know, but man, oh yeah, she's she was an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, two-time. Yeah, she's a real talent, but mm. on the feet, I I don't think it's going to be close with Amanda. Yeah, no one can be close with Amanda unless she knows Valentina Shevchenko. But even even then, she is two and zero versus Valentina Shevchenko. And you know what the UFC is like? They don't like to give that trilogy fight. And if if a fight is two and zero, so if we see it happen, I I'm, I'm excited for it. If we don't, you know, obviously I'd, I'd love to see it. But wherever she goes next, uh, Holly Holm just fell out against Julia Pena. So maybe Julia Pena, you know, fights a quick turnaround because they were talking about they want Amanda Nunes to have a quick turnaround. And uh, maybe Amanda Nunes, Julia Pena in the future. Uh, which, I do which, think that. Which I, which I think makes no sense, but, you know. The only reason it makes sense is because there's no pay-per-view fight scheduled for May. And I think that might be the UFC's only option at this point. Every other champion seems to be booked or already fought recently. So I think that's an easy payday for Amanda Nunes. And if they fight 10 times, I do believe Amanda Nunes beats Juliana Pena 10 times. I don't see Juliana Pena winning that fight. But it might just be another showcase for Amanda Nunes. And Dana White on the, jumped on the commentary after that victory. And he says he's happy to give her those checks for those easy victories. So looks like another check might be coming her way. Why not, yeah. And why not do that at 145 pounds? Why have them cut weight anyway? Who really cares at this point? Amanda Nunes will beat him at either weight class. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, the second co-main event, uh, or the, just the, the trilogy. The first title fight of the evening. Um, 
it ended in controversial fashion. Uh, we saw Aljamain Sterling take the belt home uh, but via disqualification. Peter Yan hit him with that illegal knee and got his belt taken off him. Uh, I did, This ended in the fourth round. I did see Yan 3-1 up. Wait, 2-1 up? He, wait, it would have been 3-1 up. Wait, 2-1 up. 2-1 up. Yeah, he would have been 2-1 up. Uh, I saw Yan was 2-1 up. Uh, Sterling was slowing down. Uh, and I thought the fight would have went Yan's way in the later rounds as well. But that illegal knee happened. It's Yan's fault at the end of the day. He was the one who hit that illegal knee. Uh, there was talks of him asking his corner whether he should knee him on the ground. Both his corner and Yan should know that you cannot knee someone on, on the ground. It, you know, it, it, it's the rules. He should study them. He should know what he can or cannot do. And uh, knee hit him with that, uh, Yan hit him with that knee, got disqualified, lost his belt. It's simple as. Uh, but the interesting, controversial talking point is Sterling. What, what, what is your opinion? I think anybody who believes that Sterling was acting, uh, I just say shame on them because Sterling clearly got hit with a knee and it wasn't just any knee. It was a knee that he purposely didn't defend because he knew it would be an illegal strike. He wasn't expecting it to hit him, of course. So I think anybody who thinks that he was faking is is completely wrong. And Aljamain Sterling, he obviously didn't want to win the belt that way. He threw it on the ground right after. Of course, he took a pick afterwards, but that was because everybody in his uh, in his circle was telling him that he should be proud of what he did. They were just trying to cheer him up. They were trying to lift his spirits. So I really can't take anything away from the guy. Posing, uh, facing off without with Henry Cejudo, I can't get behind that. We have guys like TJ Dillashaw and uh, Sanhagen waiting in the wings for a title shot. I, I don't think uh, Cejudo should be anywhere near this conversation. But let's talk about this fight. Piotr Jan is, is a monster. I thought this would be a more competitive fight for what it was, but Piotr Jan did not allow it to be that way. His wrestling defense is really impressive. Against a guy like Aljamain Sterling, who who he came out with a frantic pace. I don't know what he was thinking, but he really just he he went crazy in that first round, and he got clipped and eventually lost it. He was clearly winning the first round before he got clipped. I think Aljamain Sterling needs to definitely watch the pace he fights at because it really it really was detrimental to uh, what he was able to do in this fight prior prior to that. So. I say this is going to be a rematch where Pierian is clearly going to be the favorite because we learned that night that he's the better fighter. Do you exactly. think that he'll exactly. finish a rematch? I, I think Yan is definitely the better fighter. What was it? Seven out of seven takedowns for Yan as well. Uh, then trips inside the clinch were absolutely tremendous. The way he pulled them off was absolutely incredible. Uh, I actually loved that. But yeah, I had Yan uh, winning that fight until the stoppage. Uh, it was a very competitive fight, though. Uh, both men took their damage. Uh, Yan, knocked, uh, I think Yan uh, hurt Sterling, knocked him down. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, Yan is looking the best I've ever seen him. Uh, that was the best fight I've ever seen. A lot of people say that he's always fought people at the end of their career and he's got an easy way to the title. Well, that was no easy fight and he showed how great he was. Yeah, Alchaman was in the shape of his life. You could see that in there, but it was just the pace he fought at that cost him here. I think this is going to be a really... This, this rematch will be a big deal because across social media, this has been possibly the biggest talking point after this card, even though Adesanya fought, this was uh this was a big fight heading in, but it's I think it's three times as big because people are all over it. They're all over it. Thanks, uh, Adam Padal. I do think that Jan definitely finishes him the second time around. I learned that Jan is is even more dangerous than I thought he was. Yeah, Jan, Jan uh, shall I say, you know, showed how great he was in that fight. And uh, it has to be an immediate rematch. I don't see any other uh, fight that they could possibly take. You know, uh, Sterling said that he, doesn't want to, he didn't want to win the belt that way. Well, in the second fight, he can show how he would have won it.
in the first, you know, in in, in the first fight. Uh, Adam says here uh, the the rematch, the re this rematch is dope. Yeah, if the rematch does happen, it's definitely going to be a great fight. Uh, but yeah, you said there, Jan is definitely going to go go in there as as the favorite. He looked incredible. Uh, seven out of seven takedowns uh, defended. Uh, I can't remember how many he defended that night, but you know, 12. he defended twelve takedowns. He defended incredible. And uh, I, I don't even think Aljamain, you know, even got a, a, a sniff at his back. I don't think, I, 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 well, I think mostly in the fight, we saw Aljamain spinning out of control uh, in the fight. He was throwing some spinning shit. He, he, had a, he did his Nick Diaz impression. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think that's a wise way to fight, especially in a title fight. I think Aljamain Sterling will learn a lot from this. Uh, this was a different camp for him. He spent half of his time in, in the new uh in the northeast over there at the Saralongo fight team and the other half at Extreme Couture. So who knows how his camp was. I do know that Matt Sarah will no longer be in his corner. I don't know what happened there, but he replaced him with Eric Nixick. But let's talk about corners. Jan's corner, I don't know if they told him to knee him in the face or not. There there's so much confusion going around. But if they did tell him and Pierre Dion listened to him. I don't know what he was thinking. He has to have known the rules. UFC Bible says, which PL advisor thought it would be a good idea to post photos was... of Aljo with the belt online? Yeah, I, I don't think Marab Dwashwili is a PR advisor. He's, you know, he's just a friend of Aljamain. He was just trying to lift his spirits. Cheers, Adam. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. He said he's going to dip for food. Uh, and I think the corner said kick. Yeah, that's incredible, man. As I said before in, in, in the recap, his corner, Adyan, should know the rules of MMA. And he should know when to not knee a fighter on the ground. It was it's ridiculous. Anyway, let's talk about a tremendous, a tremendous performance from a fighter. And that fire, none other than Islam Makashev against Drew Dober, put on an absolute clinic in, in this fight. How impressive is that Makashev and how far can he make it in this division? I got my pick exactly right for this one. Islam Makashev got the third round submission. He got those takedowns over and over again. And even though those judges were very uh, liberal with their scoring of the 10 8s in that main event, I think uh, some of those rounds might have been 10-8. He was completely controlling Dober, and Dober really wasn't offering much resistance. Islam might be as good as Khabib here. He he showed us that he has all the tools necessary to do that. And I, this is a coming out party for him because now he'd be the guy who who was at a you know at a pretty good spot in this division once ranked, and he completely dominated him. And he got that third round submission. He hasn't really been able to get uh, too many finishes as of late. So that was a proper statement. And now he's on to big, big things. He might fight Dos Anjos. He might fight Tony Ferguson. Who knows? I would prefer the Dos Anjos fight because I think that's a horrendous matchup for Tony Ferguson. It's a terrible matchup for Dos Anjos too. But we, I, I just don't want to see Tony Ferguson uh, get dominated like that again. I'm too much of a fan of the guy. I think big things are in the future for Islam. He's got Javier Mendez and Habib in his corner. That's not a bad corner at all. He's gonna be he's gonna be uh possibly a title contender, but I do think a guy that like like Michael Chandler or Gregor Gillespie would definitely give them some issues on the feet. Even on the ground, Gregor Gillespie, you know, he's a a, a wrestling champion over there in America. Absolutely. He was he was a uh you know, he was over there in Division One wrestling with Chandler as well. I do think those guys would be tough matchups for Islam. Probably the, probably the toughest matchups, if you ask me. UFC Bible said, Aaron Hawani calling Habib the coach of the year so far based on Islam's performance is a bit disrespectful to Javier Mendez. Yeah, I 100% agree with you that UFC Bible. Habib, is, he's, he's not the head coach. He's just like a... He's like a friend just helping out with training and stuff. He's not he's not like the guy telling him everything to do. In fact, uh Javier Mendez is the guy to do that. Javier Mendez uh, is uh, is all about father's plan what Abdulmanap Nurmagomedov wanted. He wanted those guys to get those takedowns to play it safe. And 
he basically just uh, does he he's trying to fit the shoes of his father. Of course, Habib is, is trying to fit those shoes as well. But Habib, you know, he he doesn't have the most experience as a coach. So I do think Javier is is in that spot right now. I think Islam is going to be he's going to he's going to be you know up there in this division for a long time. I don't I don't see him falling off in five years or anything like that. I think he's a legitimate prospect and he shouldn't be disrespected. Yeah, he's probably not a prospect anymore. He's probably a contender. This guy, you know, what's next for him now? You know, you said you would like the Dos Anjos fight. In my opinion, I would love that Tony Ferguson fight. I think, you know, that they built it up already. You know, the New Magomedov, Habib, New Magomedov versus Tony Ferguson. And, uh, you know, Makashev being like Habib's... Um, under his wing sort of thing, you want to say, uh, his successor after he's left the sport. That I think that's a great fight. Habib and Tony never got to fight. I think Islam Tony would be an interesting, uh, you know, a little bit of storyline, a little bit of a, a good fight because Habib would be in the corner also. Yeah, that that, that would be uh, a way to uh, satisfy the fans that still have an appetite for that matchup. But after what uh, a jujitsu player, not a, not a wrestler, Charles Oliveira did to him, I, I I'm not as uh I'm not as excited for that fight as I once was, and uh, you know Yablahovich also killed the matchup, just like Justin Gaethje. The those those two guys really crushed uh, some people's dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about you know crushing G dreams. Uh, Santos uh, yet again didn't have a good night this weekend. Uh, well, I should say last weekend. You know that's not the same Santos I saw two, three years ago. Uh, when he fought Jones, then you know he looked incredible. You know maybe couldn't have got the nod that night. Put up a really competitive fight against John Jones, the greatest of all time in the light heavyweight division. But yeah, as I said, this is not the Santos I know. That was two, three years ago. It seems that the surgeries after the John Jones fighters have really, really affected his career and his performance inside the cage. Uh, but Rakic did what he had to do. He, he got the decision win. Uh, I wouldn't say it wasn't impressive. I, I say he, he got the job done. That That's what I would say. He got the job done. Uh, but, you know, if, if he wants a title shot, uh, I think a performance like that, you know, it's really hard to give him it. Uh, what's your thoughts? He's ranked at number two right now, taking Tiago Santos' spot. And I think he's he's just a superior fighter than Tiago Santos. I don't even think uh, that Tiago Santos' decline that we've been seeing is really uh, the biggest part of this. I think Rekic does not mind a boring fight. He, he comes up with the winning formula and he executes it. Just like he did against Anthony Smith. I told you guys, this is not going to be one where you're going to be sitting on the edge of your seat the whole time. Your uh, Ray Kick is going to just do what he what he wants to. He's going to he's going to avoid those dangerous spots against a guy with 11 knockouts in the UFC and he's going to play smart. I think Ray Kick versus Blahovich is going to be a really interesting fight. Tiago Santos probably needs uh somebody uh outside the top 5 in the next one possibly a Johnny Walker. That's a winnable fight for him because, you know, Johnny Walker is definitely open to getting clipped. We've seen that in the Corey Anderson fight and even in the Ryan Spann fight. That was a crazy wild fight. Uh, but yeah, I think Johnny Walker, what was he? He was scheduled to fight. I can't remember off the top of my head, maybe. It's gone out of the top of my head. Jimmy um, Root. Jimmy Crute. Yes. Yeah, that's it. How did I not remember that? Yeah, Jimmy Crute versus Johnny Walker. A very winnable matchup for both men. Uh, but yeah, interesting to see what happens there. Uh, well, that was the end of the, the... Well, that was the start of the main card, but the end for us. Uh, we're going to get onto the prelims. Uh, we're going to cover our five... You know, we picked five prelims and we're going to cover them. We decided to cover uh, Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny, uh, Joseph Benavides versus Asker, Askarov. Uh, and uh, Carl Uberg versus Kennedy and Chikenku, and uh, Sean Brady versus Jake Matthews, and we'll also talk about Yusuf Medic and Alan Cruz, the stoppage. But anyway, we start from the first, you know, the, the main event on the prelims, Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. Uh, but before we get on to that, UFC Bible put a comment in the chat, says, I kind of like the Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill winner. For Santos, that's it. That, that, that's a great, great shout. Uh, Paul Craig, you know, Jamel Hill. Uh, Jamel Hill was on that, you know, that trade. Uh, tra what's that word? Tra 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 oh, no, I don't even want to try and pronounce it. Uh, treaded 
Ah, oh, you know, that's it. Last ditch attempt. He's on the uh, upwards, upwards to the rankings. Trajectory. You know, Trajectory. That's the word I was looking there for. You, you know, he's going up in the rankings uh, after his last fight. You know that that victory over OSP uh, knocking him out. But yeah, he's he's on a, he's on a good wavelength at the moment. Uh, but I'd like to see what happens with him versus Craig because Craig, we know how good he is on the ground. If he gets hold of your neck, hold of your knee, hold of your leg, you know he's going to snap it hundred percent. But yeah. Anyway, where was I? Dominic Cruz versus uh, Casey Kenny. Uh, how did that fight go in your eyes? Well, that fight went really well for Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz, you know, he looked like himself that night, if you ask me. He said he was injury-free, and I might just believe him. He was His footwork was on point, and Casey Kenny was constantly missing. I don't know what one judge was thinking, giving it a 29-28 to Casey Kenny. I, I didn't see... I do know that Casey Kenny won one round, at least one round. I don't remember which one. He definitely did win too. Dominic Cruz was fighting his fight. And when Dominic Cruz fights his fight, unless he gets clipped, he, he wins on the judges' scorecards. That's how he usually wins, by a decision. And that's what I picked here with uh, great confidence because, as I said, these veterans, they get counted out after they get knocked out. And that this was another, another instance of that happening. And Dominic Cruz should be respected heading forward. But I... I do think if he fights one of those top guys with a ton of power like Pedro Munoz or Marlon Marais or Jan, I, I think he gets clipped. But Casey Kenny has no victory, has not won a single fight with punches. So I was very confident that Dominic Cruz would not get clipped. So let's put him in there with a legend. I say let's get him in there with Frankie Edgar, the former lightweight champion. Let's do a legend versus legend fight. What an interesting matchup. Uh, a lot of people send him maybe Cruz versus Aldo. But, you know, we'll, we'll see where he goes from here. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, Aldo might be might be uh, matched up with Cody Garbrandt. That's not official. But yeah. Cody Garbrandt went on Brendan Schaub's uh, food truck, and he did say that the UFC liked the matchup. So that's a real possibility. And poss possibly a much tougher fight for Aldo, which Aldo – was the guy that Jan beat for the title. So I'd like to see Aldo stay atop the division. Uh, Cruz, Cruz, I he beat a guy that was unranked here. So I say get, give him somebody coming off a loss, like uh, Edgar. Yeah, a devastating loss from Edgar as well against, uh, you know, Corey Sanhagen, that flying knee. Uh, vicious it was. Absolutely incredible. But anyway... Yeah, Cruz, uh, you, you kind of put it perfectly. Cruz was having his fight, you know, beating beating uh, Kenny to the punch every single time. And that's what Cruz is known for. His movement and getting uh, hitting and not getting hit. Uh, we saw that a lot in this fight. Obviously, he had a little bit of damage on his, uh, on his face. But, you know, everyone's susceptible to getting hit. But, you know, Cruz is a master at getting hit and not getting hit. Uh, but, yeah, I felt like um, Kenny was also sort of out of range the whole fight. He seemed like to be punching a lot of the air. Uh, but Casey, uh, Casey is a gamer, man. He kept up with Cruz's pace for three rounds. I was very impressed with his cardio and the way he was able to keep up with Cruz. I thought in the later rounds, you know, Kenny would maybe slow down a bit and we will see, you know, Cruz really pile on the pressure. But Matt, Kenny, was <laughs> he kept up with Cruz. And that was uh, incredible to watch. A great fight to you know, the end, the, the, the prelims. Uh, but it's always glad to see Cruz, you know, a, a legend in Dominic Cruz, a four, former Bantamweight champion, two-time former Bantamweight champion, and uh, get his hand raised. He looks sharp in the fight, and his footwork is also still there, which is good to see. But as you said, uh, maybe against a puncher, uh, a power puncher, it, it could be a bad night and get clipped. Yeah, he was relying on his head movement of ton. And another guy who's not really a power puncher, Frank Yeager, that, that could be a, a suitable matchup for him. I think that that would be a really fun fight. Mm -hmm. So we'll move on to our next prelim we'll talk about. But before we get there, uh, Kyla Phillips, you know, he defeated Young Dong Song. Uh, a brilliant performance from Kyla Phillips. You know, he showed his versatile uh, in this fight. Uh, he's so dynamic on the feet. Very awkward. Uh, and he got a really good win under his belt against Yodong Song, who's a real prospect. And I hate to see one of these guys lose because they're both prophets in the division. Uh, maybe at a later date. When they're both ranked contenders, they can run it back down the line. But anyway, we're talking about the one here. Joseph Benavides versus Asuka 
Askarov. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I picked Benavides in this one, and I was more confident about Benavides winning than Cruz winning. Benavides, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Askar Askarov did not let him breathe in this fight. He controlled the entire fight. He took him down. He landed some vicious ground upon and opened up a cut on Benavides. I, I'm not seeing the same Benavides in there, to be honest. And he's really got to look in the mirror and ask himself, uh, what am I fighting for? Because I didn't really see uh, that mo you know, that motivation, honestly. Askar Askarov is a monster. And the fact that he went to a draw with Brandon Moreno lets you know just how good Brandon Moreno is and why Moreno is, of course, de deserving of uh, that rematch with Figueroa. Askar Askarov did miss weight, so we, we can't ignore that. He missed weight by a pound. So he shouldn't get a title shot based off of that. And I commented on Brandon Royval's post, and I said, I'd like to see you against Eskar Eskarov next. And he replied, me too. So that might be the fight right there. And that would be a very interesting matchup if you ask me. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I said in the preview that uh, Joseph Benavides is going to be the quicker man. Uh, the more volume... Oh, man, was I wrong. Askarov beat Joey everywhere in this fight. His wrestling is incredible. And we but we already knew that heading into the fight. But what most impressed me was his striking. He looked really, really good. The way he was, you know, he looked technically great on the feet, much better than Joey. Uh, the way he was getting them angles. Uh, but, yeah, in the future, uh, when Figgy and Moreno run it back, if Figgy wins a matchup between Figgy and Askarov, in the future, that sounds appetizing. Absolutely. The wrestling uh, of Askarov would, would be, you know, an interesting styles clash for Figueroa's power punching and excellent jiu-jitsu. Mm. So UFC Bible has a comment on Benavides. He says, uh, I honestly think Benavides is near done. Looks stiff in his stance nowadays. Think they should do a Faber versus Pickett style retirement fight for him. Uh, that, that's that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, but Benavides, as you said there, looks stiff in the fight. Uh, just doesn't look him, oh, his old self. Maybe it's time for him to, you know, really look in the mirror and uh, it, maybe look at, see, you know, is his career done? Where is he going? What's he fighting for now? Uh, but that's interesting to see. Anyway, we had Kaikar France versus uh, Roger Boratin. Incredible fight. Uh, Roger Boratin held his back for almost four minutes and 30 seconds or something like that. Kaikar France got up, sat him down, KO'd him, and walked off. Then we had that little after bit. I don't know what that was, but it was an incredible knockout. Great to see Kaikar France, you know, back in the wing column. And uh, his takedown, uh, you know, well, his submission defense really, really impressed me in this fight. The way he was being able to, you know, stuff with the submission attempts and then get up, knock him out, uh, going forward. That's a great sign for Kyle Carr France. And I'm um, excited to see where he goes from here. And then we had Tim Elliott versus Jordan Espinosa. There's a bit talking point in this fight. Uh, not between the fighters, though, but also between the fighters. Uh, Tim Elliott um, got caught on the microphone talking about Espinosa, about him um, maybe beating his ex-wife or something like that, strangling her. Uh, the UFC caught that on the microphones. Uh, that I felt a little bit bad for Espinosa. Something that doesn't need to go beyond... You know, his, you know, he, what he knows, you know, it's his business, it's private. But anyway, Tim Elliott, amazing performance, great wrestling, um, uh, wrestling shutout. Uh, Jordan Espinosa had no, you know, explanation, no, you know, for that, for the wrestling. And it really showed. And we talked about that before the fight. And we got that one 100% correct. Uh, Tim Elliott is a dangerous on the ground, uh, but he didn't get that submission. But Jordan Espinosa needs to work on that defense. So much to be sent, uh, the takedown defense and uh, see where it goes from here. But anyway, one of the, you know, uh, maybe if it was fight of the night, I'm not too sure. I can't remember. Was this it fight was. of the night? Yeah, the, the fight of the night. Incredible fight between Kennedy and Carlos Olberg. You know, it, it's right for me to say, heading into this fight, everybody thought and then Czech would probably get beat, right? Yeah, that's what I thought would happen. And in my preview, I said Wolberg had good cardio. Well, he, you know, he might have good cardio, but if you fight at that pace, you're going to get tired, plain and simple. Unless your name's Bilal Muhammad, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later this week. Wolberg 
you know, he, he did not fight intelligently. We saw that city kickboxing guys, they're prone to fighting wild fights. Kai Carter France against Brandon Roy Val, Malarkey, and, uh, and uh, Riddell. Those guys, they get in scraps. And in Czech Wu, he played it smart. He stood back. He was he was not the aggressor in that first round, but in the in the second round, he waited for Ulberg to punch himself out, and he clipped him. I think uh, in Czech Wu still has a lot of learning to do. You know, his defense uh, leaves a lot to be desired, if you ask me. But Ulberg's defense does as well. He didn't move his head. And as DC pointed out, the first time he moved his head, he moved his head right into a punch. So he do he doesn't even have 10 fights in MMA. He doesn't have a ton of experience, which is why I was a little nervous in the pick against a guy who has who almost has John Jones's reach. This is a this was an interesting fight for as long as it lasted. And I could I my eyes were glued to the screen the second it the it second started because Ulber, I thought Ulberg was going to get that finish, but tremendous comeback by Kennedy and Chekwu. Yeah, Kennedy could take a punch. Jesus Christ, did he take a lot in this fight? And he just kept on moving like a zombie. He took a punch, kept on moving, and just came back at Carlos. But yeah, I said this before, you know, in the preview. Uh, I predicted Ulberg to win, but I thought, you know, Kennedy, the size, the reach. It might pay, you know, a little bit. And, you know, we might see him get in real trouble here. And real trouble did he get in. He got finished. And, uh, man, Kennedy took a, took a lot of punches, took a lot of punishment, kept on moving forward, and eventually got that finish. Incredible durability from Kennedy. And, uh, yeah, as you said there, needs to work on that defense a little bit. Got clipped a lot. If he sorts out that defense, maybe gets his hands a little bit quicker as well. Uh, I thought the hands, you know, weren't very, you know, quick. Uh, but, you know... If he gets him sorted, uh, gets his defense sorted, I feel like, you know, his size and his reach could, you know, really pay a real problem. Yeah, he he, need, he needs to, uh, you know, both of these guys have a lot of learning to do. And we'll look back on this fight fondly when we when we talk about it again. Another fight that we'll look back fondly on is Sean Brady and Jake Matthews. Sean Brady got ranked thanks to this victory. And this, this was a part of a bunch of a of a bunch of finishes that kicked off this main card. I thought this would be the first decision and that it was not Sean Brady complete basically dominated Jake Matthews for the better part of this fight. I Sean Brady is a great prospect. He's undefeated. He just got ranked and I think a matchup like Robbie Lawler would be really interesting. Jake Matthews Jake Matthews grew up in the UFC he started out as a lightweight. He was, you know, he was very young when he started in the UFC. But he's ju he just, whenever he runs into elite competition, it doesn't really go too well for him. And Sean Brady, I believe he's elite competition. And he'll probably end up in the top 10 for a, for a good amount of time. Brady's jiu-jitsu is, is really good. Like, really good. Jake Matthews has a, a ton of submissions on his record. And he was able to get that submission late. He's he's just a different breed. What do you think of Sean Brady and where he goes next in this welterweight division? He he, as you put it perfectly, man. He's incredible. His jiu-jitsu, his wrestling, it, it, outstanding. But he's a real problem at welterweight. I think he can really cause some chaos um, down the few down the line. I think you know matchups with him, Colby. Maybe Bilal. I think their teammates, though, so that maybe not wouldn't work. He but was, he was set to fight Bilal. Oh yeah, that's where that's where I got it from. He was set to him versus Bilal. That's a cracker of a fight, incredible fight. But yeah, Sean Brady looks incredible. Um, we had a slight confusion at the start. You know, was it a knockdown? Uh, I didn't think it was. I think it was. Uh, I, I think it was, I don't think he got hurt too bad. Yeah, I didn't think he'd get hurt too bad. But, man, once Brady got to the fight to the ground, he really made it his fight and, uh, you know, finished his uh, fin finished the fight round three with, with the shoulder. What, what what should we call that? The shoulder press. Uh, sort yeah, of thing. Um, man, he's he's too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, his ground game, exactly what you said there, his ground game is incredible. It's second to none. He's he's a real problem. And uh, that Robbie Lawler matchup, that, that's a great shout. I like that down the line, definitely. You just said uh you just said his jujitsu is second and none. 
maybe a matchup with Damian Maia would be fun because oh. that, that guy's got the possibly the best jujitsu in the UFC. How? I'd like to see that fight play out. Damian Maia was actually looking to fight a uh, young prospect as a last fight uh, after the UFC said Diego Sanchez is not an option. He was possibly looking to fight Luke and uh, Sean Brady. He's, he's basically just as dangerous uh, as Luke on the ground. <laughs> yeah, is that, that, that would be a great fight. Sean Brady, Maya, incredible fight on the ground. Um, a fight that didn't hit the ground, though. Amanda Lemus versus uh, Liviana Souza. Lemus is huge. Absolutely huge, and she has a lot of power as well. Uh, what was she, A power jab that knocked Souza down, and she finished the fight uh, with the ground and power. But, yeah, she's massive for the division, um, and she has a lot of power as well. She could really, you know, cause some problems up there with her power. Uh, we, we talked about that in the preview that, you know, Souza gets hit a lot, and uh, Lemus absolutely battered Souza in this fight. Uh, but, you know... Where she goes ahead, she I think she got ranked as well. She was one of the new ones that got ranked. Yeah, yeah she did. Yeah, she's get, being a power puncher in these divisions is a really big deal because most women's fights go to decision or uh they, they end by submission, and she's one of the few girls that can actually get a finish with punches. Well, finishes uh happened in this fight. Uh Euros Medic uh, defeats Alan Cruz via KO. It was like a sort of, was it like a flying knee? And then he finished the fight. Uh, uh, was it was it ground and pound, maybe? I can't remember it off the top of my head. brutal ground and pound after yeah. Rick Smith uh, might have had a bet on Medic to win in round two. I don't know what he was thinking. That was a... <laughs> That was a bad stoppage. I, I, I remember now. Yeah, Cruz took a lot of punishment in that fight. He couldn't even stand up. And the ref looked at him and went, okay, uh, the fight's still going. Like, what? It was crazy. He was stumbling. And he, and he still didn't finish the fight. It was ridiculous. Mark Smith handled the Aljamain Sterling uh, disqualification fairly well. That was actually Mark Smith's first time refing a title fight, I learned from the Anakin Florian podcast. And I did not want to see Mark Smith ref any more fights after this. This was a the beating of a lifetime. I believe during during the beating they were showing the, the strike differential. It was like sixty eight to zero. This was this was a preposterous beating that did not need. There was no reason for this to be elongated. Elon Cruz got knocked out like knocked down like four times. You know, medic. I told you he didn't fight the best of competition which is why I picked against him. But uh, Cruz just doesn't look good when he's the nail. He's not one of these guys that like that can take up, that can take a punch and be, you know, just fight through it and get a comeback. He, he crumbles under the pressure and that's the kind of opponent that medic thrives against. And, you know, medic had an really entertaining uh, post fight interview with Joe Rogan. He was, such a huge fan. It looked like he it looked like he won the lottery when he was talking to Joe Rogan. Medic, if he fights the right matchups, is gonna get some really awesome knockouts. And Cruz just wasn't the guy to stop him that night, as we're seeing right here. Zero strikes landed by him. Yeah, it was fifty-five to zero. A complete blowout. And you you were right. I'll say it. you were right on your pick. Yeah, he, he's an animal, man. He's got some real power in them hands. Uh, and, and if he lands, he can really put you out. Uh, we saw that flying knee, the ground and pound. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Um, I, I'm, I'm not too sure what he's like on the ground. He's wrestling. That'd be interesting to see if, you know, yeah, maybe oh, the, is yeah, he good? I did my, I did my research. Uh, the Alaska FC fights are available on Fight Pass, and he got taken down over and over again which is why uh, Elon Cruz was saying before this fight that his wrestling and grappling was on point. And that's what he tried to do, but he got clipped in the process. And, you know, it looked just like the Spark Carlisle fight, but with a nasty, with a terrible stoppage, if you ask me, for Mark Smith. <laughs> yeah, definitely a terrible stoppage. But, yeah, maybe, and, you know, match up with like, a wrestler or a jiu-jitsu, maybe next, you know, maybe we can, you know, kind of see 
where he's at in his grappling. Uh, that 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 would be good for me. But you know, his striking is beautifully uh, against a tough matchup as well. You know, Cruz is huge. This guy is huge. He stepped up from 145 to 155, and he's still big. It's incredible. Yeah, maybe he fights Don Madge. Don Madge was unable to get his visa, so he was not able to fight Nazrat Hackpress this weekend. What a shame. But uh, Don Madge is, is no joke, and they're about at the same point in their careers. I'd, I'd like to see that. That'd be a good test for Medich. Well, let's talk about a fight that me and you both got absolutely horribly wrong. Oh, oh my goodness. Trevin Jones. Trevin Jones in the second round is a different animal. He'll fill you out in that first round, but in that second round, chances are he's going to land that bomb and finish you. I I won't feel too comfortable betting against Trevin Jones in his next fight because Mario Batista was a really good fighter. As we said, he only lost to Corey Sanhagen, who, in my opinion, is the greatest bandweight in the world right now. So I really took a lot away from this. Trevin Jones should not be underestimated just like Jan Blachowicz because in this division, when you got power like that, you know, it's really a difference maker because people have to watch out for the power. And he landed the perfect shot in that second round after he lost that first round, if you ask me, against Batista. But he, yeah. he's a real problem. Yeah, I actually missed the start of the fight, uh, but I, I saw the knockout after. But yeah, a lot of people, I, I saw on Twitter that, you know, Batista won the first round. Uh, it was looking good. And then that left uppercut from hell. And then he got finished in the fight. But yeah, uh, nasty punch, man. You can't really mess with guys who've got this sort of power. You know, it's freakish. Uh, if you get clipped by him, one clean punch on the chin, uh, that could be lights out. It could be game over. Yeah. At Bantamweight, we have a ton of young killers like Adrian Yanez, Gustavo Lopez. We have a ton of guys fighting Randy Costa. There's just a, a bunch of guys that are going to deliver with their fighting style. And I can't wait for this division. In my opinion, Bantamweight is the second best division in the UFC Guys like Ricky Simone on ranked, uh, Kyler Phillips was unranked before, and now Sonny Dong's unranked, and Sean O'Malley's unranked. The guys that are unranked in a division let you know how good the division is because they, they can't even get into the top 15. That's how insane this division is. I can't wait for this the future of this division. Who do you reckon is a good matchup for Trevin Jones in his next one? Should he fight Randy Costa like he was originally booked to do so? I think Randy Costa and Trevin Jones is an incredible fight. Uh, Randy Costa likes to stand and bang. Uh, every time he's in, a, he's fighting, he's in a wild fight. Uh, he got in his when he introduced himself to the UFC. Uh, I think he'd lost. Uh, then he came back with two fights back to back. But yeah, he's always in a wild fight. Uh, when Randy Costa fights, always killer be killed, and uh, that'll be a great fight with him and Jones because they both have tremendous stand up and tremendous power. Yeah, well, I guess, that uh, was a pretty good matchmaking by the UFC. Mm -hmm. And de definitely would like to see that one down the road. Hopefully, you know, Costa heals up. We can get that definitely, 100%. Yeah, well, I guess that's the end of the recap. Uh, for me and Oscar, you know, this is a UFC 259. Uh, we had an interesting weekend. Uh, Jan Bohovic out kickboxed a kickboxer, a glory kickboxer, multiple-time world champion kickboxer. Jan stood on the feet. And outclassed him. And even on the ground, he outclassed him. But, you know, everyone gave him that edge. Uh, he made Izzy look like a, a you know, sitting duck on the ground. Incredible night. Amanda Nunes is, is the go. There's no one beating her. Absolutely whatsoever. And then the controversy, controversial with Jan Sterling. Whatever happened there. But anyway, we have some good fights coming up this weekend. 14 fight card. Uh, Bilal Muhammad versus um, Leon Edwards. Returning for uh, after a long, long layoff. Uh, quickly give your quick predictions before we get into them. Oh, I think we might have lost Oscar. I got Leon Edwards by decision, but Bala Muhammad showed in his last fight. I'm right here. 
Yeah, I'm right here. All right. I have Leon Edwards by decision, but Bala Muhammad in his last fight fought at an insane pace. And if he can sustain it for the course of five rounds, Leon Edwards might lose this simply based on uh, the difference in activity. I just watched to Leon Edwards versus Dos Santos. Leon Edwards kicked things off with a takedown. And if this stays on the feet and Bala Muhammad is just landing every strike possible, he could get the nod from the judges. But, he, you know, he fought just a month ago. His leg was a little beat up from that. Leon Edwards is also coming off a near 600-day layoff. It's gonna. We're going to get a lot of answered questions after this. And it's going to be something that really lets us know where the welterweight division is at. And winner, the winner could possibly be in line with a title shot. The way that this division, you know, just the way things go down this division, things happen that shouldn't happen on many cases, you know. And that that ultimate those ultimate fighter plans are not concrete. Bilal Mohamed, uh, he's a really talented fighter. And I would love to see him pull this off because he's, you know, he's a Chicago guy. And I'm over here in Chicago. I think he's probably the best guy from Chicago, better than Curtis Blades and Clay Guida. This is going to be a really uh, good showcase for the welterweight division. What's your quick pick? Isn't Sam Pug from Chicago? Uh, I forgot. I forgot. The, the greatest to ever do it uh, representing Chicago. It's a, it's a shame the UFC denied him of a title shot after his spectacular performance in his hometown. <laughs> yeah, anyway, quick prediction. Uh, Leon Edwards versus Blau Muhammad. Incredible fight. Uh, if the fight stands up on the feet, uh, I've got, I'm, I'm leaning towards Edwards. But if the fight does get to the ground, it's Muhammad's world. Uh, we saw his wrestling uh, against Lima. Incredible. Lima done very well in that fight, though, to keep that fight standing. Uh, but the leg kicks... The only the only plus uh, uh, that that could be is because that we've seen Bilal Muhammad very open to them leg kicks. Uh, his his leg got beat up in that fight. Maybe if Edwards comes in there, kind of uses that as advantage, can't shut down the movement of Bilal Muhammad. Uh, but yeah, I've got Edwards' decision, and uh, we're going to leave it at that because Thursday we've got a show to talk all about it. Yeah, it's going to be really fun, and I like that we're splitting up the recording days because now we have more time to. Our research each and every fight so we can give you guys a more detailed breakdown. Yeah, exactly. So make sure you tune on Thursday live from here from YouTube uh, where we break down the Leon Edwards versus Blau Muhammad fight card. Uh, a great card. Mitya Serkinov versus Ryan Span, Dan Ige versus Gavin Tucker, which is an absolute banger. Uh, Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoda, the rematch. And Manel Cape versus Mafius Nikulu. Uh, that was a bad, a bad one. But anyway, Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. And that's just the main card. Uh, a great fight night. Uh, we're all in store for an action-packed fight fight card. And I can't wait to talk about it on Thursday. So, for me and Oscar, a very goodbye. Uh, until next time. Well, I hope you join us next time. Until next time, thank you very much. And peace.